to open our hearts for the Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. Today, we put all our hope and trust in you. And we pray by the Spirit of grace that you allow us to understand your deepest wisdom through tribulations and trials. I thank you for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that you have given to dwell inside of us. I pray from today, Lord, that they may be enlightened and refreshed to understand your process in this life. To you belongs all the glory, Lord. Everything we have is because of you. And I'd like to thank you, Lord, for what you've done in each one of our lives, both seen and unseen. We give you all the glory, and I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you speak to us that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Who's ready for today? <clears throat> you know, um, in, in this ministry, in this ministry, I'll share a treasure with you. You know, the Holy Spirit... He challenged me in the beginning. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me in the beginning of my journey? That the same way I know the Word of God is the same way He wants me to know Him. Think about it today. I sit with people very knowledgeable about the Word of God. But when it comes to trials and tribulation, they're lost for direction. <laughs> they're lost for direction because they don't know the Holy Spirit. You know, in the deepest struggles and challenges through tribulations and trials, so many people lose the course of life in how to walk with God. I've been trained to watch people only when they're going through tribulations and trials because that's what I get to see what's really in their heart. That's what God gets to see what's really in your heart when you go through these things. And you know, I've been told in the beginning of my journey to really open this area for believers. You know why? Because in the beginning of your journey, you're not going to hear about blessings from God. You're going to hear about the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of undoing that the Holy Spirit has to do in your heart. There's a lot of warfare. There's a lot of flesh that has to be dealt with. And I really find that today in, in Christianity, people are lost in this place. They haven't understood what is God trying to do. Some people look at it as a, as a church organization or, or, or a denomination. But when I understood the process of the Holy Spirit, I had such a clarity, especially when I'm going through trials and tribulations and challenges. <clears throat> How many people here, when they have gone through trials and tribulations and challenges, stopped praying, stopped reading the Word of God, confused, lost for direction? How many people? Most of us. It's not meant to be like this. The Lord has taught me from the beginning of my journey, eight years in the Lord, or close to eight years in the Lord, to never look at the trials or tribulations or the challenges, but look at the lesson that it needs to be learned. My heart's been in, a, in, in, a, in such a safe way now in God because I'm not looking at the external. I'm looking at the internal. And that's allowed me to grow in Christ Jesus. It's a bit noisy today. So it's interesting, um, and I want to challenge you. Do you know the Holy Spirit in the way you know the Word of God? Interesting, eh? Because Jesus said the Holy Spirit's a person. 
and he dwells inside of you. He's not a teaching, he's a person. Think about it. My greatest intimacy with God now is in the Holy Spirit. Changed my life. The Holy Spirit brings everything to me and allows me to understand the deepest things of God. Interesting, eh? You know, through the challenges and trials that you go through, you know the greatest plan of the devil is to build mental and emotional strongholds inside of you. If there's one thing he can take advantage of through God bringing the trials and tribulations and discipline is to build mental and emotional strongholds. This I've seen happen like never before. The Christian world today that are so much struggling emotionally and mentally is, is building out of proportion. It's growing so quick how many people are so mentally and emotionally challenged. And <clears throat> it's interesting because God brings the trials. God brings the challenges. God brings the tribulations. God brings the discipline. And if you're not aware of that, Satan takes advantage of those challenges. And you become a slave to them. And then you begin to build life around that. True? True? You start to build your life around the challenges and trials. They begin to dictate you. They begin to dominate you. And I learned such a wisdom from God in the beginning. He, he bought me this teaching. He allowed me to understand the mind of Christ. You know the mind of Christ, he actually prepares you for what's to come. He allows you to understand the process that you're in. And this is so important for me. I always thought about, I always thought about, there's so much to speak today, but I'm going to continue towards tomorrow. But this is real life teaching. This is something that I went through and allowed me to grow so much in the Lord Jesus. And it's amazing because I always wondered how God takes me from glory to glory and strength to strength. And you know what's amazing is that when you look at faith, faith is always accompanied with tribulations and trials. Whenever it's spoken about faith, Romans 5, 1 Peter chapter 1, it's always spoken about trials and tribulations. You can never grow when you're comfortable. And that's how God designed faith. Because through the trials and tribulations, guess what's birthed in you? Guess what's birthed in you through the tribulations and trials? Obedience. That you're no longer going to do it your way, his way. In the greatest pain, I learned that God's way is the only way. Only in pain. Because every way of mine uh, broke apart, failed. And I learned this valuable key that only in the challenges, the tribulations, the trials, and the discipline that my faith grows. <laughs> it's interesting, eh? In the beginning of my journey, when the trials and tribulations came my way, you know what I was saying? Uh, Lord, why are these things happening to me? This is not how it's meant to be. I was so, how can I say it? I was lacking wisdom in this area. And I was blaming most of the things on the devil. And I'm happy to speak openly. <clears throat> I thank God that the Holy Spirit taught me. Because that's the way that God designed us to be. To be taught by His Spirit. 
So in the beginning, I was lacking so much wisdom in this area. Blaming so many things on the devil. You know, I, hear, I get um, prayer requests every single day. People say, the devil's attacking this place. The devil's attacking this place. The devil is attacking this area. Why is he there? Why is he there? Why is he in this area of your life? There's a reason. And when you look at that reason, you begin to see, okay, why is he working in my life? What in me is still a part of the enemy? What in me is still being given over to the realm of the flesh? What thought process of mine is allowing the enemy to conquer strongholds and mental and emotional oppression and bondage in my life? You begin to ask yourself, what in me is still living for the world? What in me is still lusting for the world? What in me is still walking in the pride of life? You begin to ask yourself these questions. So the devil shouldn't even be in your life. The Bible says resist him and he will flee. He shouldn't be there. And I see people uh, pridefully. I rebuke you, Satan. You have no hold in this. No. You learn God's ways, he leaves naturally. It's simple. It's simple. In the book of Hebrews, it says that they struggled to learn his ways. Therefore, they didn't enter his rest. What is Jesus? What did Jesus say? I am the way. First description of who Jesus is. He's a way of life. Isn't that interesting? He's a way. What would the disciples recognize in the book of Acts? People of the way. You begin to understand. Okay, I'm, I'm walking foolish. I'm walking foolish before God now. I'm walking in ignorance now before the Lord. Because what in me hasn't been dealt with, with God. I can assure you, most of your battles is because you haven't learned his way. Most of your battles. There are, three, there, are, there are three types of sufferings that we go through as Christians. Would you like to know what they are? Paul speaks about it. Christians never speak about it. <laughs> they speak about grace. They speak about God will fulfill all your needs in abundance. But do you actually understand what he needs to fulfill in you? There are three sufferings that we go through as Christians. Romans 5 speaks about identity. Romans chapter 5, it says now, I mean, I'm not finishing up now. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. I'm just getting started, bro. <laughs> Don't get uncomfortable. They get uncomfortable. <laughs> Even the people on the board are coming against me. <laughs> you know, you know, the most important thing is that I give you clarity in your journey. You know, the Holy Spirit. Um, stop me from preaching about the different stages of spiritual growth so I can deliver this message to you. I like to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. There are three types of sufferings we go through as Christians. One of them is identity. The Bible says, Now, therefore, you have been justified by faith. We are in right standing with God. Romans chapter 5 tells us this, that we're in right standing with God. You know what's interesting? When you go through trials and tribulations, you must know that you're in right standing with God. Because if you do not know that you're in right standing with God, then the enemy will begin to play with your mind. 
That means, the Bible says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It means when you go through trials and tribulations, you can have peace. But you can also understand that you being justified by the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in right standing with God, then he allows you to enter tribulations and trials. You know why? Because he needs to discipline you. But what's amazing, and I thank God Romans 5 tells us that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're in right standing with the Lord Jesus Christ, being justified by faith. We can enter these battles and trials and tribulations and challenges. It's peace. Knowing that I'm not, I'm not trying to get closer to the Lord through these tribulations and trials. I'm really in right standing with God. And isn't that interesting? That when you're not in right standing with God, what are the fruits that come out of it? Condemnation, confusion, discouragement, fear. So you begin to see how the enemy jumps on those trials, takes advantage of those trials. Because the Bible says, the Bible says that Satan comes at an opportune time. When do you believe Satan's going to come? When God's disciplining you. You're in a place where so many things are, are, are getting dealt with in your heart. And pride tells you that I'm going to take things in my own control now. And the enemy attacks that area of your life. So isn't it interesting that when you go through trials and tribulations, the enemy also is in the midst of that. Trying to take advantage and pick up the scraps that you don't give to God. And what, and what tells me about this is ignorance, lack of knowledge, pride. I want to do things my way. That's how the enemy holds you captive in your mind. So Romans 5 speaks about identity. So isn't that interesting that the battlefield of the mind takes place when you do not know the process of God? So you being justified by faith, you're in right standing with God now. Now he needs to discipline you. So this speaks about the mindset. So your mind, your mind has to have full assurance that you're in right standing with God through the blood of Christ. Now, as a believer, there is so much undoing that God has to do inside of you. So it speaks about your character being dealt with in Romans chapter 5. The attitude and the motive of your heart needs to be dealt with. And the way that God deals with it is through challenges, tribulations, and trials. I never, I never got to see what was inside of me until I went through these things. I never saw bitterness until I went through the trials. I never saw anger until I went through the trials. I never saw disappointment until I went through the trials. I never saw fear until I went through the trials. So God has a way in dealing with you and when I understood this, I had peace. That these trials are not there to destroy me. This is God's master plan. Isn't that interesting? How many Christians today shrink back when they go through trials and challenges? How many people are still going through challenges and trials in their life? First Peter tells you now for a little while, you have gone through things. It says only for a little while. They're never there to make a residence in your life. You need to know this. Trials and tribulations and discipline are never there to make a residence in your life. They're not there to, 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 for you to live in them. They're there for you to learn. We go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 
Hang on a sec. Oh, sorry. I'll stay on Romans 5 just for a little bit. <coughs> Romans 5, chapter 1, tells you that, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is a big word. When you understand the principles of faith, you begin to understand how you enter peace with God. So faith is a big word, and I like to explain. I like to take it slowly today because I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to so many people. We worship you, Lord. So how many people here today understand how faith operates? Paul said we worship God by the law of the spirit of faith. There is a law of God's word in the New Testament that we need to understand. Does, is faith just given to you? What are the fruits of faith? You begin to ask yourself these questions. So let's say, so let's say I pray on someone and nothing happens. But the Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word about Christ. That's Rhema. That's living and it's inspired in that moment. It's not something that you read. It's something that happens in your heart. So when I started to read the word of God, the Logos word, it was building in me day by day by day until it manifested in the rhema, where it became inspired for that moment. So I, be I began to understand that faith on its own is void. There is always characteristics that are accompanied with faith. So when you understand that faith is not on, on its own, you begin to understand how faith matures in God. Do you want to know how faith matures with God? Tribulations, trials. It matures. You begin to see what's really inside of you. You need to understand this because the Holy Spirit comes in this place. You know the Holy Spirit never operates outside the Word of God. There is a law of God's Word. It will not operate outside. What He done in the beginning, He's still doing it now. There is laws of God's Word. And for us trying to work outside of that area or outside of His truth, it doesn't happen. So when I started to understand Faith by itself, it's void. We go through trials and tribulation that produces obedience. Faith is released, naturally. If you don't see faith being released in your life, there is something wrong. But the good news is it says that faith comes. It will come to you when you persevere. It will come. It has to come. And when I understood this, I welcomed the trials and tribulations in my life. So many people here, they complain. They complain about their trials and tribulations. 
Um, they begin to blame. They become, become controlling, prideful. They're destroyed in the wilderness. They don't enter God's rest. They stay in the area of the wilderness where this area in their life needs to be addressed. And they stay in that area of confusion, doubt, fear, and all the things that follow from that. And it's interesting because Paul speaks so much about it. <clears throat> so I'd like to read from Hebrews chapter 12. We go there. So what's the process of God? What is a fruit and an assurance that God is working in your life? Tribulations and trials. Okay. Let's go to Hebrews ch chapter 12. Verse 5 to 6. I like to read this so you can begin to really understand how God operates in your life. He says, And you have forgotten the, the exhortation which speaks to you, to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. You know, you know, this may be a shock to you. You know, every day when you say, Lord, bring this love upon my life. Let your love, Lord, come upon me. You know what he does? He disciplines you. He chastens you. You know, when you say, Lord, let your love come upon my life and allow me to be a vessel for you, he disciplines you. Do you know that? That's how God gets to you. So imagine when you say, Lord, I can't take this discipline. It's too overwhelming. It's like you saying, Lord, stop loving me. He needs to get into this area of your life. So imagine you say, Lord, stop disciplining me. It's, it's like you saying, Lord, stop loving me. Interesting. How God begins to take you from glory to glory for his purpose. <clears throat> so this is the process of God. I like to speak about it a bit more. We read straight away. So I read from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 6. We go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. This is in order. I'm reading it in context. It says here, If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which you all have been partakers, then you are not legitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? So you begin to see that God is your Father. He has to discipline you. And when you understand this, you will never look at the trials and tribulations. You will look at the lesson. You will look at the way that needs to be taught inside of your heart. If you can understand this, you'll go to areas in the spirit that you've never seen before. And you'll be a good example to you and your family and all the people around you. This is the process of God. He has to discipline you. So many people, when they go through trials and challenges, they don't understand this. I see people holding on to control, holding on to pride, holding on to fault-finding, fault holding on to all these things so they don't look inside their heart. And it's true. When I took responsibility for my life, 
I started to see a great change inside of me. Now, why does God discipline us? Let's go in order. Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 to 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 to 11, he wants the best for us. You need to know why he disciplines you. He wants the best for you. You may think you know what the best is for yourself. He knows what's best for you. For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. It's not joyful in the beginning. You need to know this. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know faith is a training? You know grace is a training? Someone says, I'm under the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the grace tells you, grace has appeared. It teaches us to deny all ungodliness. Grace is a training. Faith is a training. You know that? It means you're always learning. It's not something you receive. It's something that you live, learn, and walk in. <clears throat> okay. Ready? Remember I, t I taught you a long time ago how God speaks? He speaks about... He speaks about the process. He speaks about the blessing. Then he speaks about the condition. Then he speaks about the warning. And then the reward. Remember, I, I spoke a lot about this. All over the scripture, that's how he speaks. He speaks about the blessing, the warning, the condition, and then the reward. If you enter that place, the reward that's given by God for you. And it's amazing. So I'll just recap just quickly, so you, you are with me. So he loves us, that's why he disciplines us. He is a good father. He wants the best for us. Now, this is the warning if we reject God's discipline. A warning. If we, if we reject God's disciplining, it's like you telling God, I'm not going to repent. That's how God sees it. So when you, when you reject God's discipline, you're really rejecting repentance. And refusing to learn his ways. You know, repentance is not so much I've repented. You know how people take people through the sinner's prayer, I've repented? It's, it doesn't mean that. Repentance means learning his ways. Where does it all begin? In your mind. So repentance is not, you know, church today they say, like, let's take you through the repentance prayer. We're way off. It's learning his ways in your mind takes place in your heart. You know, some, some, some people here today probably say, this is such a simple teaching. Wait until you go through it. When I started my journey to now, I, 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 um, I plugged myself in the PowerPoint. You know, so, so many people here haven't even plugged themselves yet. But when I said that prayer, Lord, discipline me, I knew what I was saying. I knew what was going to take place after that. I was aware. I welcomed them. I welcomed the tribulations and trials and discipline. You know why? Because I know what it was going to produce in me. <clears throat> Let's go in order. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 onwards. Ready? So the last scripture that I read was from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 to 11, that he wants the best for us. This is rejecting it now. This is, the, this is the condition if you reject it. 
It says here, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down. Isn't that interesting why he says strengthen the hands that hang down? What do you think that means? Anyone? What do you think what do you think that means? The people of the world. They're not people from the spirit. Their hands are indulged in the world, lust of the world, pride of life, lust of the eye. But it's interesting how he says that. Look, look what type of people he's speaking to. It's it's for us. <clears throat> you know, so many people tell me, you know, I want to be free in my mind. I want to overcome all the troubles, the mental and emotion challenges that come upon my life. My life is a mess. There's one thing I tell them, learn his ways. Everything else will click together. When you learn God's ways, the devil cannot interfere in your life anymore. When you learn his ways, the flesh cannot interfere in your life anymore. When you learn his ways, the world cannot interfere in your life anymore. When you learn in his when you learn his ways, the wisdom of this world cannot interfere in your life anymore. It's this place where peace is manifest. It's this place where rest manifests. It's this place where the whisper of the Holy Spirit is so clear. So look what it says here, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twelve. What did John preach in the beginning? Repent and make and make straight paths to your feet. Remember? You remember when he preached? You remember that? Look at Paul. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. So that what is lame may not be dislocated. You know what it means to be dislocated from Christ? When you live in the world, when you live in the realm of the flesh, when you live in the wisdom of this world, you're dislocated from Christ. And, and guess what happens when you're dislocated? There's no channel for him to work through. There's no channel. The Holy Spirit cannot touch the flesh. It touches faith. So you're saying, Lord... Heal me, Lord. Lord, restore my life. He's trying to touch that area, but there's flesh there. There's not faith. There's not the spirit. And you're praying out of the realm of the flesh, and he cannot touch that area because that's where the realm of unbelief is. That's the realm where the evil, unbelieving heart departs from the Lord. And you need to understand this. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because one who comes to him must believe that he is, and he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does faith do? Diligently seeks him. He believes that he is, meaning that his word is true. It's important. You can come here and play church and yeah, everything's going well inside the graveyard. Empty. Fearing, doubting, confused, insecure, low self-esteem, lonely. I love to sit with people and get to know them because I want to help them. I want to help them grow. Not expose them to destroy them, but to expose them to build them. That's why Jesus fellowshiped with them, because he really wanted to know the people. Because around the table, around the true fellowship, you begin to see what's really in a person's heart. I really get to see what people speak when I sit with them. I really begin to see what their doubt is, what their fear is, what their perception of life, life is. So there's, there's no such thing with a good message with me anymore. God message. 
because when I have vulnerable, the flesh is in the beginning. Especially when you don't get your way. So let's keep going. This is the warning. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees which make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. God heals you through his way. You know, in the beginning of my journey, I was going through so many challenges in my life. I said, I'm going to go after your kingdom and I'm going to go after your righteousness. Everything else clicked together. Everything. I went after what God told me to go after. <clears throat> now, let, look what it says here. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. So you begin to see, you begin to see what it means to make straight, make straight path for your feet. Look what it produces. Peace with all people, holiness, living the same way as Christ, without which no one will see the Lord. Now look at the warning. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. So not many people tell me that you can fall from the grace of God. But it tells you here that you can fall from the grace of God, unfortunately. And it's especially when you do not understand the trials and tribulations and the disciplines of God. That's how you fall short. When you cannot see God work in your life, bitterness pops its head up through your heart, through your flesh, through your mind. Right? Yes or no? It, it happens to everyone. Bitterness comes. Bitterness surfaces its head up. Discouragement is not far behind. Discouragement is not far behind. Defeat is there. Defeat comes. Try to pray after this. Try to lift up your hands and worship God when you're living in defeat. When defeat comes, guess what's taken away from you? Hope. You have no more hope. When hope is taken away from you, there is no more joy. And when joy is taken away from you, you're a sour ball. Everything in your heart tastes bitter. And when I saw myself going through these trials and challenges, I began to look deep down inside of me. Lord, what are you teaching me? What are you revealing to me? So looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. The only thing that chokes the grace of God is the root of bitterness. It's, it's, a, it's a weed that grows so quick, especially when you have not understood the trials, tribulations, and the disciplines of God. We need to understand this because you will, you will no longer find yourself going in circles. You will no longer, going, you will no longer find yourself going through the repeatedness of control, pride, fear, insecurity, doubt, confusion. They will not appear anymore because when God heals you from something, it does not appear anymore. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profound person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Now listen carefully. For he found no place for repentance. He found no place for repentance. He failed to know his ways. Though he sought it diligently, the birthright, with tears, 
You see what it says here? Though he sought it diligently with tears, he sought not repentance, he sought the birthright. He speaks of us today. How many people want the blessing and not the way? I stop praying for the blessing. I pray, Lord, teach me to learn your ways. Blessing comes. I do not pray for the blessing anymore. Lord, let me learn your ways. The blessing is safe. It comes. The blessing does not come to you from God. You know why? Because you haven't learned his ways. The Bible says he's not slow in keeping his promises. He wants everyone to come to repentance. All in line. So if there is something you haven't received from God, there is a reason. Because you haven't learned his ways. You're walking in the spirit of Esau. What's the spirit of Esau? Blessings, not the way. Isn't that interesting? The Christian world, how many people are walking like this? Lord, change my life. Blessing. Lord, provide for me. Blessing. Lord, allow me to walk in your gifts. Blessing. Alarm signs when I see people praying like this. Alarm signs. Alarm signs when I see people going after the blessings in the beginning of their journey. That shows me that pride is working. That shows me the flesh is working. Because when I've learned his ways, the blessings protect me. They will not destroy me anymore. Probably four years ago, I changed my direction of prayer. It protected me. But from my heart, I changed it. I, I wasn't interested in the blessings anymore. I was interested in the way of Christ. It changed my heart. It allowed me to understand how to live like Christ. When you pray for the blessings, when you pray for God to provide spiritually, physically, when you pray for, for you to operate in the realm of the Spirit, when you're praying for all the natural things, and they didn't come, I understood there is a reason. Because in the realm of the flesh, you can't handle a blessing from God. You don't know what you're praying for. Someone may say, Lord, Bless me with money so I can help the poor in the beginning of the journey. You don't know what you're praying for. When money comes, yeah, I just put a deposit on a house. And yeah, like everything's going well for me. You don't know what you're praying for in the beginning. It's true. And guess what the flesh does? Hides behind God. Lord, bless me so I can help your people. Lord, look after my job and my income so I can go and follow you. You don't know what you're praying for. Unless God spoke to you directly, you don't know what you're praying for. I thank God there are examples. Why Paul said, I want to know Christ. And him crucified. Death to the flesh. I count everything as garbage to know the surpassing things of Christ. Death to the flesh. The Holy Spirit comes naturally when you are like this. You don't have to force it. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus, it comes naturally. Please understand this. Don't go after the realm of the flesh in the beginning because then you'll be the spirit of Esau. Interesting, eh? So whenever God speaks about someone in the New Testament and the Old Testament, their spirit that you walk in. That there's the spirit of Esau who, who goes after the blessings of God, but not the way. That's how you can identify the spirit of Esau. That's how God teaches me. And, and, and all you have to do is identify it and turn away. Reject it. So in the beginning of your journey, you're praying like this, reject this way. 
Lord, create in me a pure heart, O God. A pure heart. Then you begin to see the fruits of God manifest in your life. For you know that afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance. Interesting. What stops you from entering God's rest? Because you're not learning God's ways. Someone may say, but, but I'm learning God's ways, but my husband's not. It's not up to you. You learn God's ways and then you'll be the channel that God touches through you. Uh, I spoke to someone now. Are we understanding the process of tribulations and trials now? Who are they given by? God. Who takes advantage of them when you have um, lack of knowledge or ignorance in your heart? Devil. He takes advantage of them when you don't find room to learn God's ways. When you don't find room to learn repentance, Satan takes advantage of that and holds you captive. You know, in the beginning of my journey, I was reading the Bible like this. I wanted to learn what God loves. You know what God loves? The first teaching that God loves, repentance. The first teaching Jesus preached, John the Baptist preached, the disciples and the apostles preached, repentance. And this, just the process in itself, but I was in the right direction. I had a guy come to me Oh, well, I had a guy come to me and he said to me, please, <clears throat> I've been struggling as a Christian for a very long time. And he said to me, I need a blessing. I need a blessing from God. I need God to bless me with work. And his work was coming and going, but he was spending time in the Spirit of God when he was not working. And I said, my friend, can I tell you some wisdom? He said, you can share. And I said to him, God's done this for you to kill whatever needs to be killed in his presence before he blesses you. He said, no, no, like I need work. I need to get back on my feet. And I said, please listen. God's prevented you from getting more work because when the work comes, it's going to steal him from you. And he said, really? And I said, you don't have to listen if you don't want to. But if you've come to me for prayer, I have an obligation to tell you what the Holy Spirit's telling me. And he said to me, really? And I said, yeah. He said, pray for me. And I said, I'll pray for you, but record what I just said to you. Anyways, I prayed for him. And I said, I see God's blessing come to you, but I also see that he's prevented you from entering these blessings and you spending time in his presence to destroy the realm of the flesh in you. The blessings came. It took him away from God. And this person was a believer. The blessings came. And what I heard is, I'm so busy now for God. I'm so busy for the world. And my work is taking my time. There is wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And you need to pay attention when the Holy Spirit speaks. I'll finish up with this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 to 28. I think the kids are going crazy in there. That's my wife saying, scream down and say, he can finish. <laughs> God bless my wife. She does the hardest job. Believe me. 
and the most rewarding. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 to 28. This is the final result of tribulations and trials and discipline for your life from God. So stay in this scripture when you go home and really meditate on it. For you have not for you not have come to the mountain that may, may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. So that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Why do you think the people begged Moses to not let God speak anymore? Because their hearts were far from God. That's why. Because he just spoke about Esau, saying they found a room for repentance. They said, tell that voice to stop. Tell that conviction to stop. We are happy in our ways. That's why they told him to stop talking. So when you go and preach, and you bring light to the darkness, people are going to tell you the same thing. Stop what you're saying. Because God's word is living. So that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. It's the same word of repentance. For, that, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast, as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood sprinkling that speaks better things that of able. See that, listen. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So the final result, the final results of discipline, tribulations and trials, is to serve God with reverence and godly fear. That's the final result of what it birthed in you. And you may not be in this place yet, but everything that's stirring inside of you is to take you to this path. Because when you're, work, when you're walking in God's reverence and godly fear, then your walk to God is true then you truly become the light that is put you on earth to be. So God has to discipline you. And so many people don't um, undergo that process. So many people say, you know what, like, I'm comfortable, I'm just going to stay the way I am, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like play God Sunday and whatever other days, and I'm just going to live my life and focus on my family. And no one gets to that place that God has given all mankind. So begin to pay attention today. Because it's not about a good word. This is your life. This is your life. And you're going to return to your master, Jesus Christ. 
And this is what he's given all mankind. And I want you to pay attention to this now. Why, why the tribulations and trials come? It's for God to birth himself in you. And I want you to understand, you don't have to play verse around. You just destroyed that. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but I just want you to understand. Do you see why you go through trials and tribulations? Lack of ignorance tells you it's the devil. So many people today, they look at the trials and they crumble. They look at tribulation, they crumble. Sickness comes, they crumble. Someone says, you know, like, I'm, I'm continuously getting sick. One day it's, it's the mental, one day it's the body. It's not the issue. Sickness is not the issue. It's your belief system that's the issue. While the devil is continuously attack you, the devil is not the issue. Fear is the issue. See, so many people cannot see God through their trials and challenges. And they rebuke and I bind you and I rebuke you and I bind you and I rebuke you. The issue is what's coming in your heart. Is it fear? Is it confusion? Is it the wisdom of this world? Satan is attacking the believers today and he's causing havoc because we've painted a picture that everything's from the devil. So if sickness keeps coming and surfacing, it's a belief system in your heart. Sickness is not the issue. It's what's allowing what Job said. I feed, what, what I feed all my life is finally come upon me. He feared that he was going to get sick. That was one of the doors. So the issue is today is what is allowing the enemy to attack you? Is it lack of knowledge? Lack of knowledge of God's word? Is it ignorance of the trials and tribulations and disciplines of God? See, bitterness is a doorway for the devil to, to attack you. And what did he do to Eve? He painted a picture to Eve that God is withholding something good from him. That was the key. That God is an unjust, fair God. Satan was painting the picture in her mind to her. So that she may eat of it. So I encourage you today, look deeper. The trials that you're going through, some people have made residence for the trials and tribulations in their heart. They've allowed it to become their personality. They've allowed it to become their character. They've allowed it to become that person. And they're living with it. And it's dictating them and dominating them. And they're in a place outside of God's rest. Pay attention. The devil wasn't meant to be in the picture. He only comes in the picture if you have lack of understanding. Lack of knowledge. And you don't humbly come before God and deal with these areas. Pride comes, I got you now. You don't know what I've been through. It's his fault that I'm like this. It's this situation that I've become this person. You've missed the whole mark. It's hard. It's hard. Control comes, pride comes. So this is something that God's taught me. And you know when I've learned it so quick, I've identified it, I've, I've crucified that area, brought that to God, and I've lived a place of freedom. I'm not continuously going through that vicious cycle anymore. Rest is there now, and it's not getting stolen from me anymore. Peace is there now, it's not getting stolen from me anymore. God's power is there, and it's not getting stolen from me anymore. I'm living in that place. And this is what God taught me through tribulations and trials and discipline. Don't look at them. Look at the lesson. And that's his ways. What way in me is not of God yet? This is where you work on. This is where you focus on. And everything else will click together. Amen? Are we understanding? So you understand now why trials and tribulations are given by God? To get into your belief system. Man, they were never there to destroy you. 
but to produce himself in you. You need to know this. Let's pray. It's all right, it's all right. We thank you, Father. God, our Father. We worship you, Lord. And we thank you for your living word that allows us to escape out of all our problems and trials and challenges. And that is your way, Lord. Lord Jesus, we worship you. From here to the third heavens, we seek your face, Lord. We kiss you through our worship. We give you all the gratitude, Lord. We give you all the gratitude. From all our hearts, we thank you. I pray from today, Lord, that never puts us to shame because your love's been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And I pray from today, Lord, any, any weed and root of bitterness in the name of Jesus Christ, we curse it from the roots. In Jesus' name, every person here that is walking in, the, in any form of bitterness, we curse it from the roots in Jesus' name. I pray from today, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is the strength. And I pray from today that the Spirit, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, joy is released upon every heart, that we may taste and see that the Lord is good. I thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Every place where the devil has occupied and worked through strongholds, we break it in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray from today, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. I thank you, Jesus. I pray for your grace to come upon us, that we may escape all these things and get promoted in your kingdom to move beyond this place. In the name of Jesus Christ. 